welcome into another episode of the Q Crew here on the Tell Me More podcast. If you didn't hear that, then uh, you, you missed out on who our guest is. I don't even have to have an introduction because every time we do a Q Crew, uh, Brandon McNasty Pickens will give you that awesome intro. We need to get him to just record one. I've been asking for a while now for uh, you and your boy to start to 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 make me an intro for any of my podcasts. I don't even care which one. It can be I'm, I'm rocking with the whole band now. Uh, my producer, Barefoot, who I've brought up a couple times over the course of this, has been uh, – he's doing his thing, but we can't link up quite the way that we need to now. With that said, my bassist is all about that life as well. Classically trained. He's an animal. Hey. So – if you can uh, figure it out, I know we're uh, living in strange times and we're all uh, stuck apart. And we, a lot of people have a lot more time on their hands than they've ever had before. And they have none of the ability to interact and do all those things that they've been pushing off and wanting to do. Uh, but if you can uh, get that going, I, I'd love to hear. Have you made any music while stuck in lockdown? So we actually took the time because... Uh, uh, our bassist wife actually works for the CDC, so they've been hella, hella quarantined as you can fucking quarantine. Uh, and with Julie's daughter being immunosuppressed as well, we've been locked down as yeah. fuck just to be safe. Uh, but we managed to get a whole original track recorded and then mush it into one of the cover tracks that we were already doing um we're working on a quarantine music video for it so that'll be on the the horizon sometime in the very near future uh but yeah that's that's where we are now uh just a couple of bits of leftover work that we haven't quite gotten done yet because everything is fucking nuts yeah, well, I mean, you're putting out products, so, I mean, it's nuts, but you're, you're still pushing through. You're still getting things done, and uh, it, it's good. This is a good time for us to have more content, uh, have some uh, awesome music coming from yourself, have some awesome documentaries coming out of ESPN, and that's what hey, we're here I'm to talk I'm about. I'm excited that you brought me on to talk about this in the first place. You know I love coming to party with you. Big Mac, uh, no cheese. I figured this was perfect for you because, one, we like to talk about basketball anyways, and we often do it in a very um, big-picture look back rather than uh, granular looking at the, the way plays are done. I mean, we still have those conversations a little bit, uh, but it's always these big-picture conversations, and there's nothing more big-picture than Jordan versus LeBron, the GOAT argument, you being a Chicago fan, who is right there to, to have those conversations with me. Uh, it seems like you can't have a Jordan documentary series without getting to that conversation, which we will wait till next week. And we will bring on my boy, Big Colin, to, uh, to be in the middle of this conversation. But there's no way we can finish these podcasts without having the – Jordan versus LeBron. It won't, we're less debaters than a lot of people are about it. We're not going to go at each other's throats, but we so will you, have to have that you conversation. See that thing, do you see that thing where Shaq was talking about what his, uh, his best Lakers team versus that Golden State yeah, Warriors yeah, yeah. team? Would, um, before we...
Oh, lost you there. Gonna have but to there's it. only so many answers for getting your ass whooped. Yeah, uh, I think the big thing with, uh, you know, Shaq going at Draymond, Draymond deserved it. He was too disrespectful. Yeah, um, he was bold. Now, the response I find fair in terms of, okay, Draymond said this. Now I'm coming back. I'm going to clap back at him, right? But if we're going to talk about the legitimacy of what he said, no, because you know it's comical from the moment because even the conversation of I, like our team would beat that team. Got it. It's so hard to compare these great teams from these different eras. Vastly areas. different eras. Oh, it's, 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 the crazy part is that the eras themselves aren't that far apart, but the game changed yeah. like, like almost at a polar level. Because the way that Shaq played, that shit is not viable now. He Jack would foul been. out in the first fucking half. So, so There's two no way. Two things. Shaq saying they would have been a six or seven seed. We already know that's dumb. Just ridiculous. We don't even Anybody that's it. got three people that can pull up from three at a roughly 40% clip, you have to – that's – at worst, a two seed if you beat them specifically by banging the shit out of them during the regular season. And I don't know how well that translates into the postseason because if you're a team that does play that physically, there's no way you've got the legs to chase Steph and Clay around in fucking May. There's no way. Yeah, and, I, and my argument is the game's better than it's ever been. There's it just at this point in time, and I had this conversation with Colin last week, like when I'm talking about like uh, the, the, the debate we actually had instead of Jordan versus LeBron, it was who had the tougher competition. And, you know, he made a push that, you know, the eighties were such an amazing time and that's before Jordan even won. And then you can make the argument that, okay, during his run, how good were they in the nineties versus how much did Jordan ruin anybody's chance of making a great legacy because he didn't let them win. There, I would a- argue toward the second side on that, just because simply, Look at some of the – Carl Malone. The fact that Carl Malone retired without a chip should tell you everything you need to know about the Jordan era. Yeah, but I can also say <clears throat> if we're going competition, then Carl Malone winning an MVP on the, like, MVP malaise years where it's like we want to give it somebody different than Jordan. Like, even his best years, which were in the early 90s, like, when he actually stole it in 98, he was uh, 27 points a game. 10.3 rebounds and not all that much else, not much assist. He had uh, not a lot of blocks, a uh, decent amount of steals. But Compare you know him he was to there Giannis. In the first place. Compare him to Giannis, though. Compare him to six guys now in the NBA that could steal the MVP away from LeBron. It's just, it's night and day different. But that's and, because there's no individual person in the NBA who is head and shoulders. Like, look at how much closer the MVP race was in the years that Mike wasn't playing. I'm no, what I'm saying is in terms of the stats, like you take those top end guys and now there are ones that are better. There are ones that they can compete with those monster years. Jordan put together when he wasn't winning championships, he was just putting up points. Harden does that every year now. And I know half of it's the defense that rules him out. <laughs> Russ but- too. him and Russ and Russell come get you on the, on the back end of the court too. Yeah. Uh, He's he's not nearly as great of a defender as Jordan was, but at the same time, it's not like he's taken plays off or anything. Yeah. Uh, whereas you can make that same argument for Harden because 
even when he plays defense. He, he's turned it into getting some steals. That's about it. Which is cool. And the lazy kid, a blind squirrel will find a nut, I think my granny <laughs> used to say. Is that the phrase? Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, I, my, I guess my biggest thing, though, was, like, if you compare a center today, they can all dribble better than John Paxson. That's, that's the best argument I have for the competition is head and shoulders above what it was in the 90s. Welcome to the Q crew. <laughs> We're just going to keep losing this for a second. <laughs> I'll try to end oh, it. But you're post. saying the, the centers of today can dribble better than John Paxson. Oh, like, for sure. They're, the, they're, most, of the, most of the big men today can like, – think about it this way. Kevin Durant, for all of the, oh, he's soft, he should have picked up weight, that motherfucker's six foot 11. Could you imagine if the six foot 11 sniping ass, cross you up ass KD <laughs> had existed in 1983? Y'all can just stop playing basketball. Everybody else can go home. He would have been Wilt Chamberlain. Like, yeah. Magic Johnson didn't even have a fucking left hand. Could you imagine if Chris Paul. We're in Magic Johnson's <laughs> shoes. Yeah. We can throw your converse out the window. This is over. Yeah, it's the, also... The game is always going to progress and grow. The same... You could say the same thing about the MLB, the same thing with the NFL, fucking any, any professional sport. But the thing that makes Jordan so special is that he separated himself from a class of people that were already ridiculous on a global scale. Like, you look at the Dream Team. I feel like you're jumping ahead at this point. You're trying to do the Jordan is better argument, which we'll get to next week. I'm not saying better. I'm saying greater. Well, yeah, but and that's one of the, the points I made last week with Colin was, I'm saying bar none, competition was so much more because the fact that you think of how many great players there are today and the fact that LeBron can't separate himself from the other greats, that I think helps Jordan's argument for greatest of all time. But when we're just talking about competition, it is it also undoubtedly helps, it more helps competition. Ar- it helps LeBron's argument for greatest of all time the same way that as much as I hate to give Tom Brady credit for shit, the fact that he kept consistently – I can't even say kept. I'm going to say keeps because they ain't dead yet. Uh, but in the eras of Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and – and he is arguably the greatest competitor – in the history of human beings, at least as start, as, since we started paying for it. Yeah, and I mean, if you can do what, you know, Tom Brady did in the modern era, Jordan's is close enough to the modern era, and it's not, you know, it, it's so much different than Bill Russell's 11. I love know? it because it created the modern era, That's it true feels too. like. Yeah. Like, we got to watch Jordan in some of his best years I watched him get diced and fucking tossed up by Allen Iverson. And that is 
that is important to the history of the game because we never got to see Jordan dunk on Dr. J. However, we did get to see AI cross up Jordan while Jordan was still winning chip. Not to edit so much of this. On Miller plays football now and call those the same thing. Like Shaq, Shaq would I think Shaq would still be successful in today's NBA just because he is purely too big to be that fast, too fast to be that strong. Can he shoot a free throw? No. But what's gonna stop him from putting up 50 on you in the paint? He doesn't have to shoot from 15. Stop him from five. And we've, we've seen guys, like, it's not that you can't play center as somebody who can't shoot threes. Rudy Gobert does it. You know, there, there are players who have – Al Horford for years. Al Horford <laughs> has been a fucking stud for years. In my opinion, one of the most underrated players in the NBA for the last 15 fucking years, basically. Because he's been here, he keeps going in, he keeps putting in work, he will go handle your big man, and he's nimble enough to go to the outside and go defend the wing. But for the most part, you don't need him to because he's got the, he's got the paint locked down to a point where why do you need him to step out? Yeah, and I, I think Al Horford, though, like fits that kind of like the game is changing, make sure you can fit this criteria. I think, you know, Rudy Gobert is kind of that statue, though. Like he's that old guy that, you know, still can pull it off. And with Shaq, imagine Shaq can do all of the positives that Gobert can do. He can protect the rim. He can score off of a pick and roll as a guy who just goes straight at the rim. Uh, in terms of what he can do inside, yeah, you might not try to play the same way your offense always going through Shaq down inside as much as you did because, yeah, they'll foul him and the points lost for he can't shoot free throws well enough won't make up for other people shooting threes on you. But he also got big on purpose. If he wanted to be leaner and meaner and play in today's game, he would just do that, and he would still be a monster. So and it's just young a Shaq was young. Shaq was terrifying. There's a an easily easily found video you could pull up on fucking YouTube. I'm sure. Uh, right before a Bulls Magic game, I think it was during the '96 or '97 season. Uh, you got young Shaq with the fucking high top with the mm -hmm. slash in it. Everybody's still in warm-ups. Shaq and Mike are playing a game of one-on-one, -on -one, and Shaq hit Mike with the nastiest little stick poke, turn back, turn around, pulled up on him from, like, 14, and Mike had no choice but to laugh and pat Big Fella on the chest. <laughs> you know, Mike doesn't give away love and confidence. You got to go get those, as the series has clearly shown us, like, these people have been to the promised land with him and they're like, yeah, I love him. Fucking asshole. <laughs> it, it is what it is at that point. Um, but Shaq was, Shaq was special. He's quick. He's nothing that big should be that quick. That's, that's what I'm so excited for. If we're ever allowed to watch new basketball again, watching Zion go, um, 
super excited now that he gets the rest that his body has needed since he got through the second stage of puberty. Giving Zion an extra year to get his life together is the worst thing that could have happened to anybody else that wants to play basketball. Mark my words. I just hope he doesn't come out of this uh, on the chunky side because if he gets that Charles Barkley complex and he just adds on an extra 20, that it's like he can, he'll use it to his advantage, but he doesn't need that. We live in the age, we live in the age of people being in your ear all the time, not just in the way that your normal mentors are, but there are people in your mentor's ear because everyone, you can see and analyze things in a way that like, hey, bro, keep it under three hundo, and I think we got something. Think we got something good going on here. He's almost six eight. He can jump to the fucking moon and back. And all, at this point, all he needs to do is just sit around and work on his outside shot, which is already way better than people want to acknowledge that it is in the first place. Yeah, it's already scary, the, the stuff he's put together at this point. Uh, Imagine him getting the ball at the top of the key, and then you see him jab step like he's going to run and then pull up like he's going to shoot, and now you're scared. He's, he's a freak, and I think the, the one thing we've learned with the NBA is there's no era. You know, it's not like – I think maybe a handful of guys – uh, I, I think it's more like events that went wrong, whether it's injuries. Uh, there are a few T-Mac guys. Too. There, there's a few guys like uh, I'm a big KU fan. So Thomas Robinson was a guy that he was born in the wrong era. And he got like, they used to always talk about tweeners, but they always used it wrong. And they used it to hold people down. But Thomas Robinson got the tweener thing where he was not tall enough to still be a modern big and he couldn't shoot threes. And so his rebound ability, his ferocity, didn't matter. There was no place in the league for him because he just didn't quite fit. I think if he comes in ten years earlier, it works. If he and that, comes in, that thing later, is not he learns how and to shoot a three. That's not unintentional either, because for the same reason that I grew up believing that Dennis Rodman was six nine, almost six ten, because they would bill him at that height. He wasn't but a fucking half inch taller than Jordan. He was just jumping get Sean Kemp in the league now all things all things equal if you were to take a raw Sean Kemp and put him in this same situation I think he would he would be very much the same way I don't believe Sean Kemp was 6'9 <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was 6'9 was if Sean was... Kemp build his 6'11 <laughs> on what fucking planet? I think yo? he's six. I think he has to be six nine, but I I know he's not six eleven. But I think no, they, they were lying about how tall. No, he was just thick. They didn't want they didn't want people to know that you didn't have to be seven foot tall to be dunking on niggas. In uh, I don't know if you're gonna have to cut that one. Nah, uh, eh. you said it. Oh, we're I talking didn't. about basketball. All right, that's yeah, you said it. I, I said it. Say. You didn't. Uh, I, I, John Kip <laughs> totally did the Zion thing too. He came back from the lockout 30 pounds heavier and like, they were like, Oh, that's going to be bad. That. And he was like, couldn't hear you. <laughs> I mean, he didn't last too long after that. And in fairness, it was later. That weight is bad on your knees. Yeah. That's bad on your knees. And, and also, especially when you're later in your career, Zion is 
a, a gigantic. It's that's a big ass man child right now. You know what I'm saying? It's a big ass man child. If if the right people are in his corner and he does what he's supposed to do, as far as because everyone's gonna tell you everything. It's up to you to pick what advice you want to take. If he picks the right advice and does this the way he's supposed to, there's I've I've not seen a person who is as individually terrifying <laughs> since Shaq, maybe Kevin Garnett. Uh, because Kevin Garnett's fucking just just obscene. Uh, he's he's a special special kind of talent. Way too long to be pulling. He he was KG before KD. You know what I mean? Everybody wanted KD to put on more weight. It's like no, block my thirteen foot tall jumper from thirty feet out. What? Why would I? I have no business in there. There ain't nothing for me in there except me doing slidey snaky shit. There's. <laughs> It's kind of like when you look at how they how they looked at uh, Pat Mahomes on his way out of Texas Tech. Big air raid offense. Obviously, he's got a big arm, so sure, his numbers are huge. No, look at the player. Look at the skills that the player has. What can you do with that? Okay, so he did a good job of that. They couldn't quite get there. And when you go back to the Bulls, Bulls saw what Jordan had to bring to the table and they tried to do what he was naturally gifted at, which is actually distributing the ball. Unfortunately, you're not going to have a better scorer on your team than Jordan, so we need to find a new distributor. Ah, it's, it seems so simple from the outside looking in, I assume that if I were actually involved, I would also have been confuzzled as to how the fuck you have Michael Jordan and you still aren't winning championships through his first seven or eight years in the league. Like, what do we need to give him? I'm going to give you credit. That was a, that was a hell of a wraparound to, uh, we went off the deep end and somehow you went all the way out to Patrick Mahomes to actually get us back to the documentary, to the last dance. And those first years of Jordan, I, I, I do want to just give it to you to, to talk with me about the first few episodes since I had already uh, gotten on and talked about those uh, last week. I want to uh, see the things, but you, you already jumped into a, a fun one that uh, I, I love to talk about. So I'm going to set up and I want to hear your kind of thought process on because, you know, uh, the, the, every documentary, every movie, it needs a villain. You know, you have to figure out a way to do that. There are no good villains for Jordan because he vanquished all of his enemies. No, there's one great villain. There's only one villain. There's always only ever been one villain. Well, I, I'll get to that. I just mean in terms of uh, uh, in terms of the people that he goes up against. By the time it's done, you know, it's like is Karl Malone going to be the? Final oh no, no, no. I'm talking about basketball. I'm, I, you're yeah. thinking I'm talking about Jerry Krause. No, I'm talking about as far as yeah. on the court. It's Isaiah. But, it's Isaiah. It is absolutely Isaiah. But he's also he not was the final such boss. a villain that the rest of the league, the rest of the league was like, we don't want Isaiah on the dream team because that means we won't get Jordan. Yeah. They collectively made that. <laughs> they didn't say it explicitly, 
but let's be fucking real. You speak English, right? Yeah. I heard that shit loud and clear as a child. Fuck that nigga from... Oh, he's back. All right. Uh... I feel like Zoom is the one that's going to censor you. Like, I don't care what you say, but every time you get into curse words, the <laughs> internet connection cuts you off. Uh, so, yeah, no, Isaiah works on that level. Until the problem is he's not the final boss. So uh, it seemed pretty clear to... No, he was uh, the final boss. He was the final boss because after Jordan killed... There's no... That was the final boss. Have you ever, like, a game like Skyrim... You finish it, you kill Alduin, the great dragon of time or whoever the fuck, and then you go on about your day, and now you're just the dude that walks around wrecking stuff. The Jarls and, and Jordan wasn't about to go, like, stomp David Stern out. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that at the very least, Jason uh, Hare, who directed this series, he at least knew that Jerry Krause had to be pretty solid on the list of the villains. And I think he did a good job of fleshing that out. Um, the, the question I think I have, particularly for somebody like you who grew up a Bulls fan, is you know how much uh, did that feel like that was in the moment? And then how much when you kind of go back and you look? And uh, just as you mentioned earlier, Jordan was great. Jordan did so many great things. If Jerry Krause doesn't build this team around in the way he did, uh, maybe, you know, people still believe maybe they win with Doug Collins over Phil Jackson, but I think it helps to have Phil Jackson in that role. It um, helps keep making all those right moves. Like Before I answer Jerry any Krause parts team? of that question, to be clear, love Doug. That doesn't happen without yeah, Phil. No. no fucking way. Ask the Lakers. Um, Jerry... Jerry Krause is absolutely I was a villain off the court as far as his not having the fucking ball with you villain. It was definitely Jerry Krause. And the problem with as a Chicago fan and a fan of the Bulls and the franchise and the organization um, and a fan of sports in general, the concept of the player being bigger than the sport or the fan base is wild. It almost contradicts how sports are supposed to work in the first place. There's a lot of selflessness that goes into playing team sports to begin with. Like if this were, if this were tennis and Michael Jordan were Arthur Ashe and Jerry Krause was just his top sponsor, maybe I feel differently about it. But as it is a team sport and it's supposed to be an everybody thing, I definitely feel like Jerry Krause is the bad guy. With that said, being a bad guy and being real fucking good at your job are not mutually exclusive. Jerry Krause is one of the greatest goddamn GMs to ever, ever do the thing. He... Even with all of the contention that he had with Jordan before and then through to get Jordan to come back into this same place and you still be there, when, when you're dealing with a person of that magnitude, if they don't like you, Jordan could have reasonably 
and we only know this now as adults and seeing how shit kind of works out there jordan probably could have flexed real real hard and been like i'll come back if jerry leaves and the ownership might have made that happen just because jordan is that profitable and marketable and important to the city you bring him back not only do you bring back the jersey sales but as far as the city goes you bring back a whole lot of charitable donations so like if you were feeling kind and caring about human being give a shit about human beings i'm sorry um (laughs) but my point is if if you are talented enough to convince the greatest basketball player that any of us have ever seen to come back and do it again after all of this shit has happened you gotta be fucking good at what you're doing that is jerry krause is a fucking jerry krause is the bill belichick of being uh nba gm uh same same thing with belichick fucking hate him but Tell me, tell me that motherfucker didn't deliver. Cause who got Scotty? Don't worry, I'll wait. You even had to live through getting rid of one of Jordan's favorite players in Oakley. And you know uh, also losing one of Chicago's favorite yeah. players in Oakley just to make him a rival because he was an integral part of that vicious fucking violent ass Knicks team. They had a nigga who had a hairline with a part <laughs> down the middle. Black people don't get parts down the <laughs> middle. That's what? Who wants to go bang in the paint with that human being? He was like, I'm going to show up and drag today and keep my mustache. That is a terrifying human being. I got friends who do drag on the weekends or middle of the week, depends on when the show yeah, is. Whenever the, it point, is. the point is, if they see a bitch with a part down the middle, they avoid that bitch. That's like, I was asking why Drake wanted smoke with Pusha T. Like that's a 45 <laughs> year old black dude who still braids his shit in four plats down the sides. You don't want to fight him. He probably wears all black Nike Air Force Ones. Nah, this, <laughs> you don't want this smoke. And, the Bulls wanted all of that smoke with a half European team. It was like they – this also speaks to the way that pro sports work as a whole. If you look at the top-tier people that we had on the Chicago Bulls, there's only one, like, regular-ass, good old, go-for-it American guy on that last run of a team, which would have been – Steve Kerr, because the other white guys were a uh, seven-foot-tall Australian. He's got four felonies. He's got to. He's a seven-foot-tall Australian. <laughs> Not to be racist, but they didn't entirely build that country on criminality. Um, <laughs> and then you got Tony Kukoc, who was a baller-ass playboy in Europe in his teens. His first interaction with the Bulls in general was two of their greats beating the shit out of him on a national stage. Do you think he went on to be a nice guy after that? Fuck off. Oh, and so then you got Steve with war and uh, death. And right. Who's going ignore all of the vaguely like he's he's from that whitish brownish land where <laughs> everything sucks. 
it's just the poorest white people and the saddest brown people and they're fighting and i mean he literally <laughs> he literally stayed like as he's getting ripped apart for not coming over he stayed so he could be with his family dur- during wartime like that's why he didn't leave <laughs> he left millions of dollars on the table and then again i think in fairness he didn't leave that much money on the table he actually made more money his contract he made more money but Everyone knows if you sign your contract in the NBA, your endorsement money is going to cover the difference. Yeah, I don't think Tony was getting endorsement money. I think that was uh, there was there was barely room. It was then his agent sucked. That nigga didn't have somebody no, like me talking at him. I'm telling well, you. Well, no, no agents getting past Jordan. Jordan ain't letting Tony Kukoc get an endorsement. Oh, I don't. I don't. I'm gonna tell you how to sell this to Jordan. Ayo, so you know how you're an international superstar, but you don't want to get involved in other people's <laughs> shit necessarily? Check this out. We run a thing with you balling on motherfuckers in the court, and then we do like three seconds of Tony Kukoc's faces, and then we talk about Nike fighting the war wherever you got to. Boom. Cut to Tony Kukoc's ankles as he pulls up for three. Money in everybody's pockets. Somebody got to start fucking paying me, bro. Um, <laughs> you're lucky I love you. It's the only reason I do this for free. No, oh, okay. Well, you do it for free because <laughs> I don't make any money off of it. Um, I don't give a shit if you make money. Maybe I was talking about me. Once, once you are profitable enough to help me make money, then I'll start giving I kid, you the money. I totally want you to make <laughs> mad money because the more money you make, the easier and better your <laughs> setups and shit go. I feel hey, like I'm doing this right now. I, I feel like a baby dollars. celebrity every time I play with you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> every that's, time. That's the game plan. We just got to keep doing it this way. It's slowly but surely. Cultivate that energy. Cultivate that energy. It's just going to have to happen. So uh, anything else from the first uh, six episodes uh, that you want to talk about that you missed? Uh, I have a short list here. You hit on the dream team. We hit on Phil Jackson. Uh, we Mostly that they needed him, but we didn't necessarily hit on the death of the triangle in the, the 2010s, but we don't necessarily need to. Uh, we have Rodman vacation. We have the I do want contract. to I do want to address a couple of things. Um, I'm gonna get to the Rodman vacation in just a second because that's fun. Um, the death of the triangle. I don't think that the triangle died. It's dead. No, it. It is still there. It's in a different form. Um, hold on, hold on. Got some technical difficulties <laughs> over here myself. BRB. All right. So the triangle itself is not dead. The triangle has taken a different form altogether. Um, just like there are different types of triangles. Um <laughs> The new triangle. Now? It's hypotenuse of shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the the new triangle is actually this thing that you see out of Golden State and 
does it does it look like an ISO? Now does it feel like an ISO? Now we're just saying that no. pass, we get it. Passing wins, but a triangle is one specific. You're not hearing me. No, I'm. They I saw the same graphic on the screen with the triangle. No, no, no. The triangle offense itself always had the same goal. The difference now is that the triangle has been expanded because the concept of pulling up from the way that a triangle is shaped, if you want it to be a worthwhile triangle, means that most of the time, if you're doing effective stuff on the court, your points aren't very far out of where the key itself, where the three-point line would be. You know what I'm saying? I'm no basketball coach. I'm, I'm doing yeah, my best over I'm here. I'm trying. Um, I'm trying to help you here, but I'm just. What I'm, what I'm <laughs> saying is that the way that, the way that Golden State, when they have their optimal team runs, is basically just the triangle again, except it's stretched out. So that third pass, I'm sorry, that fourth pass that would normally have your guy at 15 where he could either pull up or run in instead is to a guy at 31 and they have a team that's built where fucking five of the 12 dudes that they put in jerseys can pull up on you from 31. It doesn't look the same because it doesn't have to play the same. Phil Jackson's triangle offense absolutely set up multiple why do you think steve kerr runs the shit the way he does in the first place it was set up all the time that at any given point you could just whip the ball at steve and if steve is feeling cocky or tony uh, it was steve or tony mike wasn't pulling up for three he liked you to feel his nuts on your face that was just the way he did it and scotty just scotty wasn't a scorer by nature so he wasn't going to do it but they had the Steve and Tony or back in the day, BJ or whoever, but you can whip it to the guy in the corner. He's going to be open because everyone else is crossing themselves up. Nobody has to dribble. That's the whole point. And then when someone does stop and dribble on you, then everyone gets fucked up because they're got, they've gotten so used to the flow and motion. It's, it's the sickest, most genius shit. All right, so it's, it, here's the thing. If the idea of the triangle is just about passing, it's about making sure you're getting it to guys who otherwise wouldn't get the ball. In that way, the Warriors offense does that. That is what Steve Kerr picked up. But in terms of the focus of the offense and where people are, they didn't just expand to take them out of those same three points. They are a free-flowing offense with the passing and are just as likely to put four guys on the left side of the court and one on the right, not even to do isolation, but to begin a passing set. And the key to the triangle was not just that we're focused on these three parts of the court, it's that we have to get back there when we set people up to kind of play outside of it. There is nowhere on the court that the Golden State Warriors want you to be, especially not as a triangle. There's not like we want two people in the, the corners and one at the top of the key. Like their one goal is we want to continue motion because eventually you will get yourself out of position 
and you won't be able to stop these guys because they can shoot from everywhere. Most of them can dribble. They can all make plays for themselves. So the, the key is this is, why I call is regimented it and the Warriors isn't. But if, the, the key to the triangle is it's not just about passing. It's regimented. The Warriors are less about regimented. They want the free form just as much as they want a set play. It's regimented in the sense that at the end of the play, you're still, you still have the same – that triangle is still going to be represented. If you have three people on the court, the play, yes, at any point in time, you can draw a line between three of the five players. Get out of here. You are right about don't, that. Don't, don't play their coaching <laughs> staff short like that. I'm just, I'm just saying it is, it, it is effectively different, and I think it even showed when Phil Jackson was so focused on saying, we have to do it this way. And even if you're saying – that the Warriors' offense is an expansion of the triangle, fine. Phil Jackson said, my triangle still works, and he ran it into the ground with the Knicks, almost ruining His the triangle the is triangle. a different thing. I'm talking about, okay, so his triangle that he carried on is his triangle. He took it from the, Bill, from the Bulls to the Lakers. four-hour podcast. To the Knicks. What I'm saying is the, the triangle, what he created, it's like talking about the 4-3 defense. I'm going to keep making references to the other sports. If that, you think about it, the 3-4 defense is the same as the 4-3 defense. Depending on what you want <laughs> to tell the dude on the corner he's playing today. Is that a rushing linebacker or is that a defensive end? You're literally – see, what you did with the triangle is the same thing you're doing right now with the 4-3 and the 3-4. If that's all that mattered, then you everybody would just run a four three, and you just have one linebacker you tell to do something different sometimes. But no, you create a different defense. So no, you can signify what you this do. Is what what do. you do is you set up your personnel so that the one guy that would be the difference between the two is the difference between the two. Kind of like a five two. You're talking Everything about that, is the same. Uh, you know why it's the same? Because there's 11 fucking players on the field, just like there's five on a basketball court at any given time. So if we're going to do that, then everything's the same. It doesn't matter. All right, we're done with the triangle. Uh, do you really want to talk so about So is the league. So is the league. <laughs> no, you just said it changed the league, and it's the most important offense right now. It's the Warriors' it, offense. It is very important, and oh, it's God the reason it. that people play the way – the fact that Giannis <laughs> is as badass as he is, only triangle without Mike or without Kobe. Well, now there's a Giannis, so even if you have a Mike or a Kobe, the triangle as it was, Phil's triangle, is no longer viable. Steve's triangle is still viable. Oh, he froze again. God damn it. Yeah, I have no idea how much of that we captured. This is the most uh, messed up connection I've had on any one of these. So I will not know until I uh, check the recording and post. But I'm uh, like right on the other side of the wall from the router too, so. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. Damn it, company that I won't name out loud just in case I actually need money from you at some point <laughs> in the future. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I, I, I'm done with the offenses just because uh, I'm not somebody who ever played uh, enough organized basketball growing up uh, to have the full X's and O's mindset. Uh, but I, I, I do know that 
when you look at somebody like Jordan, it was clear that creating an offense around him that told him to pass the ball away made the most sense because he was always going to get his. Whenever he wanted to turn it on, he would get it. And it wasn't just like they talk about it, like it's about keeping everybody else kind of involved, but it's not even just that it's getting those other people to score when they can. And if you know, you can increase the total number of points that come from somebody other than Jordan, you always knew Jordan when he needed to, he would score at least 20 and then everything else was gravy after that. You know, that's just how it worked. And in the playoffs, when you can at different times be putting up 45, like it's nothing like that Especially was actually in Cleveland because that was his favorite pace to take a big fat old 40 shit. All you needed was that those other guys. And then as you mentioned earlier, okay, Jordan knows how to distribute. What if we get a different guy in there that can help set up Jordan to score more and Pippen as a distributor, never really a, a scorer, but still put up his points when he needed to. Those two worked in tandem and it's kind of the weirdest thing that, you know, uh, once again, don't want to get into the long haul of the, the greatest of all time debate. But it is crazy how much Jordan gets credit for things that are, like, he had a top five player next to him. Like, you can't uh, talk you about. See, you see <laughs> Pippen's line, right? Like, like you, see Pippen's, you see Pippen's stat line. That, that man is a fucking animal. <laughs> Another thing that I love about Jerry Krause, and I'm going to take this back to Jerry Krause, he picked Jordan, and he picked Scotty. He picked Scotty specifically to compliment Jordan's mentality. Scotty is second best in the NBA every year at basically everything behind only Michael Jordan. As much as I love to talk about what Charles Barkley's career could have been or what Carl Malone's career could have been, how many chips Hakeem could have snatched up because he pulled two in a row when Jordan wasn't there. God knows what happens the year before or the year after. He might have pulled four straight all two. Why? Because Scott is a nice guy. You know he sounds like this and everyone wants <laughs> to hate him all the time. He's a nice Yeah, for me with with Pippen, I think it was more amazing that I always knew he was kind of low-key, uh, just a soft-spoken guy that uh, almost to his detriment now that he's become a commentator and he's on ESPN talking on the jump. But when you get to that uh, moment of him going after Krause in what, like episode two or three, like it, that is one that I like. I knew they had their issues with Krause. I never knew Pippen got as – uh, that sharp with his his attack. Right? No, he was he was damn near as mean as Mike. He didn't give a shit. <laughs> also, after I, what I didn't realize as a kid until seeing this thing, I didn't know how bad Scotty was getting fucked on his money. Holy shit! I'd have burned the goddamn United Center down. Fuck you, mean. Yeah, and that's an interesting conversation that I think... That's uh, disrespectful to the... And that's that's got to be part of why Chris Paul's job nowadays <laughs> is as hard as it is because you got to make sure your boys ain't getting just straight dogged like that. That's rude. 
Well, and he was getting the appropriate money that he should have gotten for a kid coming out of Nowheresville, fucking Arkansas, on a rookie contract. Problem was that shit went ten years. Well, I mean, here's the thing: like it, everybody else though wasn't getting screwed the way Scotty was, which was the strange thing. So when we talk about it kind of being, you know, Chris Paul trying to stop it from happening, which eventually does happen in terms of the the types of restrictions they have, but the league was built in a way. I mean, Horace Grant leaves the Bulls and he gets a contract where basically he signs for one year to get the bird rights. And once he signs that one year and renegotiates, because he's a, it's a five-year contract with a re-opt after one, when he re-opts, he gets a shit ton of money. And for Scotty, he thought he was going to get a the shit same ton, thing. He gets a shit ton of money for choosing to come back, whereas Scotty didn't have... But that's the thing. Scotty was in that contract that, where that's what should have happened. He thought he was going to do the same thing everybody else did. But Jerry Krause was like, no, I got you locked in for 10 years at nothing. Why would I give you the money? Which was so strange because everybody else was like, keep your players happy. And it's, it's not like they couldn't pay Pippen. It's not like they couldn't pay Jordan the way that the, it's the money works. It's almost as if somebody paid Jerry Krause to not pay his players. Like they were like, hey, see, you have a great thing going here. We want the NBA to be a league of parity, and we're trying to work toward parity. You're not helping with the parity. Because three I, years on, and then your goat leaves for a minute, and then three years back on again, on the way, on the whole way up, as soon as Scotty got there, because he had that same nose to the grindstone kind of mindset as as mike it's just the shit's about to get done they won't let it not get done i might be one of the few people that's surprised that the bulls didn't win a chip without mike because as far as talent goes they had the talent but that also goes to show you what the difference between uh michael jordan Tom Brady, fucking Derek Jeter type personality in the locker room versus not having that means. Yeah, I mean, they had the guys that clearly showed they were able to compete, but they didn't have the guy to push him over the top. Or in this case, you had Jordan and you're unstoppable. Like that's He wouldn't the push team. you over the top. He'd just drag you over the yeah. top. Bitch, I'm going. You coming with me. And, I mean, I, I think that's one of the big things I think people, looking back, don't put enough value in, that the, the Bulls were ridiculously good. And, you know, that, that should never take away from Jordan and how great he was. But once we start getting into these crazy, Jordan's the greatest because of six, that's what makes me angry. It's not even that I Jordan's don't like that. That's silly. That's I silly. Just, I think Jordan is the greatest but for the same reason that I think Peyton Manning should have won MVP the year that he got injured and the Colts went 3-13. and 13. Who's the most valuable player in the league? I don't know. Probably that big head nigga sitting on the bench because his team looks <laughs> shook without him. That's – you want to talk about value. At that point, the Colts had had Peyton for like – what seven eight years or something like that he's perennial running them damn near to the fucking oh longer than that even yeah 13 i think yeah he was in there for a minute and then 
think that happened. He like sat down for one maybe. year, and they went from being absolute favorites in the AFC South to being three and thirteen. Yeah, no, he was he was so much of uh, that team, and with Jordan, it was interesting to see. Basketball is a different game, and uh, considering how many people they had, the team didn't fall off without him that way. But I think they actually played pretty well the first season without him. I think basketball, though, when you look at what Jordan does, I mean, I, I think the people are crazy when they wait for championships. Jordan was the best player in the league for seven years before they get that first ring. Like, he just was at that level. And I think that's the biggest thing is, like, the, the championships should be, like, cherries on top. But there's so much about team construction. There's so much about what other teams can put up. And the idea that – you know, Jordan gains a step on LeBron because LeBron can't beat the Warriors plus KD is like, no, that's not how this works, you know? And I think that's my biggest problem. Those kind of conversations are the things that'll keep, you know, you know, 10, 15 years from now when we're talking about it, that'll be the kind of conversation that keeps Damian Lillard out of the Hall of Fame, which... As I don't, I don't know what game of basketball you've been watching, but that's a Hall of Fame caliber fucking guard. I, I stand on that. I'll die on that. Also, bar for bar, one of the best motherfucking rappers that you ain't listening to, Dame Dollar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, you look at the like the what Kimball Walker did in fucking Charlotte to no goddamn audience. Imagine if Anthony Davis had to die in fucking New Orleans. And even scarier, what happens now if the Los Angeles thing doesn't do what it's supposed to? As far as raw ability and, like, Anthony Davis is going to pull up at your All-Star game every fucking year. Does he get a chip? That kind of depends on a whole lot of moving pieces. Does that change whether or not he is one of the greats as far as being a big man, especially in a game where big man doesn't have a, a big man doesn't have a place in basketball more or less anymore. And he's like, cool. I will just pull up from three anyway. And they're like, you're no, you can't do that. You're big man. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. You want me to do big man things? (laughs) And then he elbows some dude in the fucking dick and slams in his fucking mouth. But the the things that we put the weight on are we're we're taking into people's legacies in a way that they shouldn't be. Like if people are being judged the way that they are now, then you could argue that Dwayne Wade shouldn't go to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. I said that the way that I said that because I know that it sounds ridiculous. And if Dwayne Wade's (laughs) not a first ballot Hall of Famer, I will personally burn that bitch down. Um, And I think he got recording this. I need y'all on notice. And he was one who got the the early ring, and then you know, getting the the extra two with LeBron. I think definitely is one where that's going to push him in. Where I think otherwise he might have got stuck into that very weird uh, lane that Damian Lillard might find himself in. It's a fucking sticky place to be because, like, when you look at the, the fucking numbers when it's all said and done, 
Yeah, he's um, the third best shooting guard of all time. Like it's it's not even an argument. You know, it's like maybe I mean if you're gonna compare eras and you're going like Jerry West, you know, but like it's sure it's Jordan, I get that. it's Kobe, it's and then Wade. it's D Wade. I mean, and it. I'm I'm if I had to if I'm picking teams, I'm taking D Wade over Kobe because I'm assuming I picked Jordan first. And it's also like if you're going prime if you're taking who's in their prime what do they do it's like Dwayne Wade if his knees don't give out flash he's pushing Kobe's number two spot like that's what would have happened but don't say don't say prime out loud to me I'll start talking about Derrick Rose again (laughs) ah goodness I think I was just such a big fan because he was like normal people sized in my head, like yeah. he's a tall guy for normal people. It's like six three. He, he's my he's fucking my size. He's like my size if I actually worked out and shit. <laughs> fuck that's about. But six three two oh five. That's that's a dude. That's a person. You could hang out with him and not feel like you're about to get stepped on by size twenty sevens every time he turns a fucking corner. But also his explosive ability. Um, I said the, he was confused, so he jumped extra hard, and then they removed the glue <laughs> right as he left the ground. Like yeah. the energy when you're pulling on something with your friend, and they let go, and you <laughs> slap yourself in the face. That's the energy that he has when he leaves the fucking ground. That's and the recovery and then doing it again and never being what he was supposed to be and still going back and doing it again and again and again. And still to this day, he's washed, but that's still playing. Shit. On, any, on, on any given point in time, he's as good as any of your all-stars. I think... I think he finally figured out – I'm not sure if he's, like, stayed at all-star level, but, like, he's figured out how post-injuries to be an efficient player, which is never what his game was. And I'm amazed that he pulled that off, you know, like because the explosiveness was so much of what he could do. Oh, now we're back. We're back. So, uh, yeah, just Derek So, Rose wait, how much of that can you hear while I'm waiting to figure out what the fuck you're doing? Uh, I only heard the, I guess we'll wait till we get back. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I would think with Derek Rose, let's, let's find a way to, to spin this back in. So give me your top five all time Chicago Bulls. Top five all time Chicago Bulls. Um, it is tough for me to not put Steve Kerr at point guard as bad oh, I as I, I want I to. I don't need the starting lineup. Just give me your, your list of five. They can, they, they can all be shot guards for all I care. Just give me okay. like in um, order top five Bulls players of all time. Give you five. Uh, well, obviously, favorite basketball player of all time. And then Derrick Rose. That'll be my top five. All right, connection definitely kicked out. So quick, rattle off all five as fast as you can. Shit, again? Uh, I don't even know if I'm remember the same five again. There's so many. Ah, there's so Jordan, many. It's so good. All right, Jordan so, Pippen, Rose, 
Jordan, Scotty, Derek, uh, Dennis, because Dennis Rodman is the fucking man. Um, That's bold. Uh, if Dennis Dennis Rodman ain't one of your favorite bulls, then well, I mean, I guess it it, it depends on if you're going favorite, if you're going like best, and like Rodman is uh, an amazing. Uh, oh no! Uh, to be clear, if I were picking top five, like for a basketball team, like if I were picking up five for a team, well, I mean, I Dennis, just... I'm I'm picking Dennis Rodman to run my four spot. Okay. I, I'm just saying in terms of Dennis like... Dennis Rodman is everything that Draymond Green tries to do, except his hair ain't actually green. Uh, also, Draymond can play a little bit of offense other than offensive rebounds, so he's got, he's got mm. that extra part of his game. Yeah, I guess, except if you do enough work on the defensive end, the person that had to go incredibly above and beyond the call of duty, you have to be to be in 1990, you are called on to guard Michael Jordan, who has for the last five years been turning everyone else's defense into point soup. And then fast forward to 97, 98, and they're like, hey, you person that is roughly the same size that you were, guard Shaq in the paint. And what do he do? Shut that motherfucker down. Dennis Rodman is one of the greatest defenders to ever. Mahorn. No, it wasn't Rick Mahorn. Was it? No, Rick Mahorn was another one of fucking Pistons. I'm sorry. I have a lot of Piston hate that's just <laughs> in me. But my point is you need a hitter. You need a dude that's going to go do the thing. If America would get its shit together, we could have solved the whole nuclear crisis. Just let Dennis go. He already got friends in North Korea. Like, just let that nigga do his thing. Anybody, anybody that can, that is willing to fist fight Shaq in the paint on TV and then go marry Carmen Electra on TV the same week in a wedding dress. I don't even think we got to that part of the series yet. Nope. I don't think the series got to that part of the series. Oh, it, 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 it definitely talked about it. It brushed over it way too quickly. Mm, yeah, that was, that was disappointing. They, you, can't, you can't just pretend like that didn't happen and then wonder why the kids are all wondering, well, how do you really feel about anybody? <laughs> well, shit, we're not sure. How good are you at what you're supposed to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> My point uh, is, Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Mm, I guess at center, I'm going to take Charles Oakley. I'm going to put him at the five. I don't think I need a true five. Between Dennis and Charles, we're fine with anything going down there. And then my four would probably be Tony Kukoc because it's just so hilarious to watch a person play power forward that should be playing power forward. A.K.A. Kevin Durant's entire career. You said you putting who at the four? You talking about that long-ass point guard? Okay, cool. No, I think I lost. And then he puts up 40. I think I lost who you have because, all right, so pickup game, which is a different set of rules anyways because Rodman, it's like, all right, great, all-time great bull. He had a very narrow stretch of his career that he did oh, amazing things. Pick up. But if you're just picking them up, it's like Derrick Rose at guard. 
Then you have Jordan, shot guard. You got Pippen. Uh, so at the then, one, we take Derrick Rose. At the two, we take uh, Mike. At the three, we'll take Scotty. At the four, we'll take Rodman. And then at the five, we'll take Oak. Okay. See, I, I'd be pretty close on that. I think I'd go um, – I'd throw Rodman at the five as a modern five, put him in that same Draymond Green role since we made the comparison. And then I would put Tony Kukoc in at the four instead of Downs. Oakley. I need you to say all the stuff that you said again because I heard <laughs> none so, of those things. So Rose at the one, Jordan at the two, Pippen at the three. But then I'm putting Kukoc at the four, and I'm putting Rodman as the small, the, the small lineup five. Small ball five. Put him in that same Draymond Green role, and uh, I don't think we lose a game. Ever. I under I understand why you would make that decision, because who wouldn't want the? What I'm saying is between between Jordan with the offensive power that you have outside, you don't need Ku Coach. I'm still gonna do it because it it means that if you can possibly try to key in on them. Who coaches is going to be wide open from three. Like, you don't want that madness. Like, that's true. That's true. Croatian sensation. Only one who can't score is Rodman, and he's just putting in putbacks. Man. That's why I put him at the four. I put him at the four because, one, he is defensively a mastermind and does more work on the defensive end of the ball than basically anyone you'll ever see play the game. But on the offensive end of the ball, he sees the angle in such a fucky way. He's he's gonna end up putting up extra points anyway. We don't need a center. I put Oak at the five just in case you were confused as to whether or not Dennis was gonna whoop your ass when we were done. See, I'm I'm scared that if you go up against fear the fear is important. Lineup, if you go in the wrong lineup. I think you're going to have some problems with spacing. I think you're going to have the issues of too many players. So I disagree with that wholly, and I think that you're playing Dennis Rodman's ability to transition out short. Oak at the five, we can both agree, is going to be fine. That's not where the issue is here on the lineup. The question would be Dennis at the four because we're so used to him banging in the paint. Remember, Dennis made his money the really guard anybody, one to five. He's long enough, he's quick enough, I'm, and he is I'm not hips about on your hips enough. And then, oh, I don't give a shit who you're – unless your five is Shaq, Oak is fine. So here's here's the thing. It's not about or maybe David Robinson. I'll give David Robinson can deal with Oak enough and actually get points on the board. I'm gonna say that you just don't have enough three point shooting. That if you go up against the wrong lineup, it's you have these mammoths down low, but you're talking people just packing the paint and Rodman can't shoot, Oakley can't shoot. And you don't even have a point guard who can shoot threes. Derrick Rose is I from three. He's okay-ish. Like, if you don't have a three-point shooting point guard that Jordan and Pippen are used to, you're putting yourself in a tough spot. Shooter. But a sense itself, 
I don't give a shit if the final score is 79 to fucking 75. You get locked over there. There's no, like, even if, for example, there were a shack involved in the situation where you can't help but watch someone bang around, or you get a James Harden who can just casually pull up from anywhere. He's going to score all day, or you're going to foul him, and he's going to get his extra points from the free throw line. The point at the end of the day is there ain't no money. There ain't no free money to be had there. You have to come earn every bit of that. As the game wears on, Harden wouldn't be slashing to the lane no more. Now, you, you watch these basketball how, games. Yeah, but how uh, you watch these games, how many times have uh, Curry and Clay not gotten to 79 points by the third quarter, let alone the end of the goddamn game. The final score is not 79 to 77. That ain't happening with these three-point shooters of today, man. Not going down. Those shots only go down because they're allowed to be casually. There's a certain level of comfortability if you can just clean move off of your brakes or if you can clean slide past the screen. If, if I'm picking a team based on the greatest bulls of all. Yeah, I didn't hear any of that. Okay. All right. So what I was saying is what you're saying is accurate, but even if 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 the if what we're asking is my top five Bulls teams of all time or top five players from the Bulls, they would get washed anyway because they wouldn't make it to halftime. They'd foul out before halftime. There's no there's no reasonable way that the game could be played with the same thing. If you were to take one of – you could take a middle-of-the-road team that, like, seems like they – like, if you were to take a Toronto not from their championship year, but from the year before they got Kawhi, that team would be an Eastern Conference fucking contender in the 90s, except for the fact that fouls are called differently. If you brought that in there, they would get beaten to the ground and they would win, like, 21 games that season yeah the golden state warriors would not be able to operate there the same reason that the my contention is that the warriors particularly curry would do amazing in the 90s because of the illegal zone defense rule that basically negates everything that anybody's found a way to stop curry to slow him down i agree with that he is literally just his daddy 2.0 and Dell Curry was a fucking nightmare because he was like, Oh, is that a little bit of space where nobody can touch me? Oh, that's cool. Don't mind me. I'm just going to splash. And imagine, imagine Dell doesn't get pulled to the bench because he misses a three pointer that he took out of nowhere. And they're like, Oh, your percentage isn't high enough. And if you I was just about to say, imagine if Dell's curse, Dell's coach believed in him. Imagine if Dell's coach just let him do. You've seen Steph Curry pull up from literally 40 feet with like 45 seconds left in the third quarter and coached in bad an eye. Steve was like, cool. He shoots better from there 
than the best three-point shooters of the 90s. So I think at some point, yeah, you have to see, because we've seen Curry what I'm saying get is pushed it's around and have games. some problems. It's different games. The reason that the, the Jordan and Kobe and LeBron argument is fun is stop because... Pulling, stop putting Kobe in there. Kobe's not in there. Kobe's definitely in there. No, uh, not even close. Kobe, I'm, I'm explain why. I'm explain why. Hold up. Um, the reason that the MJ Kobe LeBron <laughs> conversation is important is because of style. And the thing that makes it clear to me as a person who definitely unequivocally 100% believes that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, the reason that I would slap the closest person to say that he's a better basketball player than LeBron James is. Are you fucking stupid? Why would you not take Michael Jordan with an extra two and a half inches of height and 70 pounds of just raw muscle? He's just as fast. He, he has the fucking quicks of as far as, deciding on where the ball needs to go, he might as well be a fucking, like if if J.J. Watt and Jason Kidd had a love child. I don't know, like, the fuck more do you want out of a basketball player than LeBron James? That is the pinnacle as far as we've seen so far. But with that said, that still doesn't change the fact that Mike did the things that he did to make it so that LeBron can do the things that he does. The reason that I put Kobe in this conversation is because Kobe does not have the raw physical what alien planet is this that LeBron has. All he has is clout, a bunch of people fucking yelling his name as he but was finally old enough to buy a pack of cigarettes he would never smoke and him just wanting to be like Mike. He saw a Spike fucking Lee thing and just bit is my guess. I don't know what the answer is. Kobe has that. You know what? I fucking hate you. I hate you for no reason other than you're over there. I guess, sorry to be you, you have to die today. LeBron doesn't have that. LeBron is legit and genuinely, as far as we can tell, he's a nice guy. Just nobody that wasn't getting paid to would ever say that about Michael Jordan. Even his teammates, they'd be like, oh, nice guy. Uh, He could be approachable in certain situations he was a nice guy to not players on his team and not even necessarily he he would be a nice guy to players on his team only immediately after they finished their fucking plate if you're not here to go wreck shit break shit kill people sell chips make money then get out of my face and that is LeBron wants to see everyone succeed. 
even the people that he beats in a championship, he's like gonna hook you up with one of his agents to see if he can get y'all like a a deal so that y'all got like some commercials in the summer. Mike didn't give a shit if your family ate. Doesn't give a fuck. He actually I found it very to important win. to get your money and put it in his pocket. That was the extent of his uh, gambling yes! was <laughs> I want your money in my pocket. Doesn't matter who's I want money. Your my money, money now. <laughs> Am I aware that I'll make way more money than you and I'm about to walk out here and get way more money? Oh, but before I get out there, hey, you got $20? Tight. Run these dice. Mike wants it. Kobe wanted it, like, all the time. He exhibited that just, fuck it, I'm, a, I'm just going to keep shooting. Is that a good mentality to give to future players or anything like that? Fuck no. That's stupid. Don't do that. The same reason Russ and James are selling jerseys. Um, they, the Bulls tried having Mike be the point guard and distribute the ball, which he did amazingly. His numbers were crazy yeah. during that. Triple doubles. However, that's not how they won games because the I only would, way they would win in that aspect would be if they were to find a person to come in to score the basketball for Michael Jordan. I think you just have to have somebody to score as well. Sound? I think you just have to have somebody to score as well. I think the only reason, you know, they, they, they gave up on it. Wait, scores, scores as well like scores also or scores as well like scores, well, yeah, scores as also. well as Michael? No, yeah, nobody scores as well as Michael. Okay, just had, just had to check. Just had you to just check. have to have uh, – because Jordan was still going to get his points while the ball was in his hands. He might even get more, and he did at times. The problem was there weren't the people around him, and I think when they went to the point guard strategy before Pippen gets there – I, I, I'm not sure if it would have been a good idea to keep Jordan at point guard just because we saw how much Pippen grew as a distributor being that point forward and pushing the, the league forward. But, like, I don't – I As a fan of the league, I'm so happy that they didn't ever find that out because <laughs> Pippen creating the point forward is the whole reason we get to watch the fucking show that we watch now. So I, I think I think Jordan as a point guard would have worked. They just did it as like this uh, hail mary scenario before they ever got the players around them that they needed to. But I will say before we go on, I, I, I'm just gonna say uh, we're not having Kobe part of the conversation next week when we go on the you know the the point for point who's the greatest. Uh, just to give you a, a little dose of what there will be that we talk about, uh, you have. LeBron James, 27 points a game for his career. You have Michael Jordan at 30. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, who's supposed to be the same, chuck it first, I'm going to find a way to win, I'm going to will my team to victory, 25 points a game. James is a better scorer. He's a better distributor. The only thing that Kobe really has over him besides the championships are the defensive uh, team awards which Kobe was getting when he got bad at defense. Like they just kept giving. So I will, I will argue, I will argue with them. I will argue with on that because defensive stats are tricky as far as tracking goes. Um, 
I'm saying Kobe got the reputation, and he de- he was a really top end defender early on in his career. At, especially the years because that's he, how he had to prove himself. Yeah, especially the years when he's starting to chuck the ball and become the Kobe we know and love. He his defense suffered, and nobody they just kept giving him the defensive team awards no matter what. Are you back now? Yeah, I'm back. So. Okay. They just kept giving Kobe those awards out of just, I don't know if it was habit or what it was, but he never got punished for when his defense fell off. As opposed to LeBron, I've seen people talk about LeBron's defense fall in the last few years. And that's because he's 34. That throws me off about people knocking LeBron's defense. LeBron's defense basketball player of all time. With that said... Decent coach. I don't. I'll, I'll scream at people if I need to, but like, if if you think for a second that in his prime of primes, lifting weights all he could, six six two fifteen, Michael Jordan had anything that he could accomplish against. A damn near six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pound fucking, and he runs a four foot. What? That's LeBron James is arguably human in the first place. <laughs> the only reason that we have to argue whether or not he's the greatest basketball player ever is because Mike did his fucking job, yo. Mike did his job. Mike made it so that you were going to have to, if, if we get to have this conversation, it's going to be a weird conversation. But at the same time, to pretend like LeBron James is anything other than a, a walking embodiment of Adonis is stupid. That's, that's just silly. That's just silly. I would say the the thing that clears Kobe out 100% is not only that LeBron and MJ are clearly the more dominant scorers, and then we can have arguments back and forth all day about defense. Field goal percentage, uh, you're talking 49% for Jordan over his career, 50 for LeBron. Kobe's is down to 44%. If you go Oh, I was going to give him 47. I would have just guessed. But you know, he was about pulling up. He was going to pull up. And that's the thing is his stats say he is at bare minimum a top 12 player of all time. There are a lot of guys where it's different eras and you can argue where he falls in there. But it's a tier like Jordan and LeBron are on a tier by themselves. And we can say it's clear one way or the other. We're going to have that argument next week. But there's no way in hell anybody is close to them. They, they are by themselves. And also, take the chips argument for Shaq. Because, oh, I lost him. Oh, no, he's I'm back. I'm here. I'm listening. Chips argument for Shaq. Now I lost you. I don't know how we're going to fix this. Isn't Serena Williams that was more dominant at their game than Shaq? His Shaq's run, Shaq had like, fuck, it was like five, six, seven years where he was just like, oh, no, that's that's the guy. You don't, 
who the what who do you know that's seven two three twenty five and can get up court like that? Can read the defense, stick an arm out. Shaq was snatching steals with one hand and then throwing cross court passes with it. That's that's what? And I wish Some, I wish Shaq did his business the way you said Jordan did, because then Shaq would be in this debate. He in the all time talent level, he is right there. Shaq Shaq is one of the greatest Shaq is a national treasure. Shaquille O'Neal is the greatest thing that one of the greatest things that the United States has ever produced by its ill gotten fucking gains. <laughs> You're welcome, LSU. G E A U X. Go Shaq. Mother fuck. I'm sorry. I, I hurt my own feelings because <laughs> I got I forgot that motherfuckers really like as much as we love Shaq and in Dear Shaq, he kind of gets like played short when we talk about these great basketball players and and great basketball feats and shit like, oh no, he couldn't shoot free throws. He was like 350 pounds. The fuck? What were you going to do to stop him from doing literally anything else? He made them change the rules of basketball. Hack-a-shack was a joke. Then it became a thing that the announcers were saying. Then it became a thing that the referees were aware of. And then it became an entire rule change to where if you foul someone so late in the game, now we get to pick who our free throw shooter is. Shaq literally changed the game of basketball. Which on the cool, that kind of is part of why we have this three-point shooting spree that we have. Keep all your shooters around because we, we can only pick someone from the court to shoot. So if everyone can shoot, doesn't matter who gets fouled late, it changes the way that you play late game ball. Because late game ball used to be, we're going to knock these motherfuckers around. They don't want anything to do with it. Two points, two points, two points is two points. And after the Shaq thing, it became, no, we need to have people that, because if they get fouled, they need to be able to pull up and take the... Diesel is the man. Every time we talk about Kobe in the MJ LeBron thing, in my heart of hearts, I mean to say Shaq, but I feel like I have to bring up Kobe. Um, I think specifically other people put Kobe in there. I think that other people didn't watch good basketball, or they just they just bought they they bought into the the rings. Rings are nothing. No, it's not. It's not even necessarily the rings. It's the position itself. Because the yeah. same reason nobody nobody brings Tim Duncan into the conversation. And if Tim Duncan ain't one of the great Dirk Nowitzki, like, nobody gives a shit about the big man. Like, think about your favorite NFL players. How many of them are fucking offensive linemen? I'll wait. Nobody gives a shit about the quote-unquote fat dude on the team. I think the big man, it also, it changed, particularly with Jordan, where he did put kind of 
the the eyes on the person who has the ball more often is dribbling somebody that you can uh you know dominate the 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 way the modern game is played and so when somebody like duncan his abilities can be overlooked i think that if you still meet that criteria because i think there's a lot of people who will still talk about kareem being possibly the greatest of all time you will still have people talk about how great guys like Elijah Wan. I still, I have to look at, I look at Kareem the same way that I look at uh, Babe Ruth, where like I can appreciate the things that you did, but the bulk of his body of work, he was con- competing against people that were not even remotely on the. Like we can argue about whether this class of athlete versus that Jordan era class of athlete. Like maybe we're just playing these kids short because Jordan was playing against lesser foes, which to an extent he had to have been. If you've ever watched any bit of sports, he has to have been because if the sport's not growing, then what the fuck was he doing? Um, with Kareem, the the gap itself, Kareem was one of those generational players that basically marked the passing of the torch from this is how y'all do this? Cool. Well, people that are doing this are now able to jump way higher and shoot from further with accuracy. Now we have to play a different game. So, like the age old age old question what would have happened if babe ruth had to throw a pitch at i don't know any nigga you have met uh there's nothing clocking his shit like i i get it um and i'm not knocking his greatness i'm saying in this situation if you take that babe ruth he would be a scrub now with that said if you take the person that is Babe Ruth and mold him in this same situation, the athlete that comes out of that might be the scariest. You know what I mean? I I think Wilt Chamberlain probably is closer to that having that type of argument where it was just a completely different era. I think Kareem that was a man amongst boys. But Kareem's end of his career is going into the beginning of kind of the the 80s takeoff of the NBA and it was still like he's 40 and he's still working that. You know, like he's not That's what makes Kareem the line itself cuz he has to carry the torch like I was the man over here. Hey, what's up kids? And even though these kids are talented, he still has to keep rocking his shit anyway. Yeah, but, like, imagine – do you remember when uh, Dikembe Mutombo was, like, 40? He was, like, at the very end. He wouldn't leave. He was on, like, four teams for no reason at the very end. This is, like – I think oh, he was on the Post Hawks. Post-Hawks, yeah. I think he's yeah, is... on the Denver Nuggets for, like, a year randomly Bad in, like, Mutombo. 05 or something. Like – Imagine that Mutombo was still giving Shaq work. Like, that's what Kareem did at the end of his career. Like, he was that old. It was like, he should be old. He shouldn't be taking on our top stars. He was. And I I think there's a little bit to talk about who's the greatest, and we can try to say, okay, this is a modern era. Things are just completely different. But you also, you compete against who's there. And I think in Kareem's case, he wasn't competing against scrubs, 
and he was still working guys into his 40s. His, the, the totality of his career says he's in the argument. I'd still say I was going to I would say the same thing for uh, Hakeem Olajuwon because with I ha- think he's Hakeem, Hakeem, as soon as the vacuum was created because everyone, we, let's be real. Let's be real. If not for Jordan leaving, the bin the Bulls win seven, maybe eight straight I, chips. I don't agree. They already had three. Jordan was gassed, man. I'm saying if he if he doesn't if he doesn't go away, if if he gets the right person in his ear, because you still have off season time, right? Suppose he doesn't do space jam. He just kicks it and actually recovers the way athletes are supposed to do. You're not describing Michael Jordan. He doesn't, he doesn't take a break. What I'm telling you is what the media would tell you. We know the real Michael Jordan. He'd be betting mad money on golf games (laughs) every single week. He's still going to compete. He's he's still Michael Jordan. He's never resting. That's the one thing. thing is resting. But the point is the stuff that you're doing that's not resting not every activity that you do weighs the same. And he was embodying himself in all heavyweight shit effectively. So if he quote unquote vacations and just let's say decides he wants to become a competitive golfer, his body is in way better shape than the Bulls only miss one championship instead of two. I'll give you I'll give you one. one. I'll give you one, but I need you to do me a favor. Imagine oh, he definitely was going to miss that first one. Imagine Jordan plays today, right? Does Which Michael Jordan, Jordan? Uh Michael Jordan is first three feet or second three feet? Did you, it doesn't matter. Imagine Michael Jordan is in this era rather than his era, right? Does Michael Jordan follow the league? and start load management no then i don't give you the one ring he wins six and i think the other two years he's gassed as shit no. he might not even win six he might lose some of those latter years because no he runs no actually no i'm, after I'm, I'm gonna say no and then i'll also argue <laughs> the load management thing didn't start until recently. That would have never been a, a concept. Technically, right? LeBron has been doing a version of load management for like eight years. And then when Kawhi does it, he's like, this is bad for and, the game, man. And LeBron is lucky that Jordan wasn't in the – the thing that LeBron has had the luxury of is that he got in just at like the sweetest point in time. Jordan had left – long enough that we aren't looking for specifically Jordan. We put all the pressure on Kobe. Exactly. It's all Kobe's problem. So LeBron can do all of the load management and all that stuff. And that's not his problem. That's he's just a young kid's new league. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Again, I, I cannot express this enough. As much as I love shitting on Cleveland, just as a Bulls fan, because you've seen what Mike does to them in the playoffs. Ah. Um, it's almost comical. That's rude. You should never treat one particular city like that. Like, what the fuck, dude? Hey, you know you have to go there every year. Why do you keep doing 
some much shit in the way you sleep or something like that. Anyway, um, it's Cleveland. Cleveland treats Cleveland like that. Uh, rude, <laughs> rude. But even when it was all said and done, you never saw that. You never saw that hatred for Cleveland that you saw for Detroit. And then even when Indiana got it kicking off and like that, like that second run of championships, uh, this I know this is this what white privilege feels like? Cause as a Bulls fan from the nineties, when I talk about that run, that second run, I don't mean a second championship. I mean the second three peat. That's that's a privileged fucking statement. That second run when we was dicking on everybody again, like fuck am I a Steelers fan? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's that second run, Reggie just knew he had Mike's number because on paper he did. On paper, Indiana had all of the things that you needed. And they didn't have Pippin. They didn't have Pip. Which, if you think about it, I mean, I I think the the last thing I take away before we get on out of here is that last ring, that number six, is almost entirely Scotty's. Like Jordan is on his last leg; he is gassed again. And he gets a sixth MVP. Mm, I'm going to jump. I mean, I'm not saying. The fifth one was Scotty's. The fifth Jordan's, like, final bit. I mean, he took game six. The fifth one was still Jordan's. No, I did that backwards. Fifth one was Scotty's. The second one was Jordan's. I think I think Jordan – I mean, all right, so in fairness, he played amazing in the playoffs, but the regular season Jordan was lesser than the Jordan we had seen before. And I still think at the end of the day, Jordan still earned that MVP because uh, the way he demolished the Jazz down the stretch in game six. But I still think if you don't have Scotty, there is no six championships for Jordan. I, I think you end at three. I think the, the, uh, the, the second three-peat – I don't know how you replace Scotty. It's like any sort of replacement doesn't work, you know? Like Scotty Pippen kept them at that level so that when Jordan couldn't be the Jordan we knew, they still were one of the best teams in the league. When Jordan was Scottie on his shit, you put couldn't them at him. that level in the first place. Yeah. And again, I if if you could make like a top Oh, sorry. All all NBA all-star Scotty Pippen's name fell out of your mouth afterwards and somehow he was getting paid like practice squad money effectively like I understand how wages work you know I'm a bartender I work for whatever scraps people decide to throw (sighs) But for Scottie Pippen to literally be the second best basketball player in the world for that long, for that long, means that he's got to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. 
just um, are you tracking that does that did that that sentence make sense yeah like if you're if you're one of the best in the world for an extended period of time consistently perennially why is anyone else getting paid before how no one burned the United Center down <laughs> is fucking astonishing to me. And also, shout out Chris Paul. <laughs> he may be a big old douchebag, but he's doing what he should for the fucking CBA, man. Like, I just need somebody to show that same love to the college students because it's the same. It's the same thing again. The only reason Scotty got played like that is because he needs to take care of his people and he's coming out of a garbage situation. Sure, whatever you hand him is plenty until he walks into the practice facility and realizes that this asshole who's not even good at this is making five times as much money. I will say that uh, Pippen got his money from the the Rockets and subsequently the Trailblazers, so he eventually got paid. No, no, Pippen did not get his money. Pippen I mean, didn't get his money. Be real, Pippen didn't get his money. He did not get his money. He made a hundred million from not doing a damn thing down the stretch, which how makes up for how much Jordan, how much did Jordan make and how much did Jordan, how much did Pippen have to do with all of it up to there? Pippen didn't get his money. Well, let me check for Jordan. Cause he, Jordan didn't get paid shit either on the first three Pete. I mean, on the second one, they started giving him 30 million. Oh, that's fair. Jordan got his money off of uh, his shoes. Yeah. And so his shoes made his money. So the Bulls wasn't paying nobody, and they still didn't pay nobody, and that's why the Bulls suck now. <laughs> anyway, because they still the only person that I've seen the Bulls pay in the last like fifteen years was Carlos Boozer. <laughs> they picked the right one, didn't they? Right, so good, good at time. that. The Bulls are about as good as the Bears at paying people. Like, the Bears refuse to pay Brian Urlacher. He just wanted a two-year contract that was about half as much as the league average for a veteran linebacker of his caliber would be making. And instead, they told him to fuck himself. All right, so I'm looking here. I think Jordan finished with 93 million. He didn't get paid more than 4 million. He finished with 93 million? That was total. That's his career. Oh, from million. just from the NBA itself. Yeah. So, what he, he played uh said 9 and then 3 and then a couple so like 15 years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he he got 30 million in 97. 33 and 98 every other year under four and then i'm trying to pull up scotty although my computer's running so those are all one those are both one year deals yeah so they gave him like they to get him to come back they gave him a lot of money in those final two years pippen which this is crazy 
He finished with 109 million. And that's because he didn't get paid nothing until he goes to that Rockets deal. And then he gets 11 million the first year, then 14, 13, 18, 19. And then he gets a couple four and fives from the Bulls again. The Bulls wouldn't even pay him for those final two years when he went back. Damn. But, I mean, that, that was like that was like a charity on his. He was not worth ten million any of the years he was getting paid. He was definitely not worth twenty that final year with the Blazers. So he got his on the back end. It just wasn't from the Bulls. Not let himself get taken advantage of. I don't know, that's easy to say, but at the same time, Jerry Krause, for all of the crass that he was, motherfucker was good at his job. I'm I'm mostly upset at the Bulls organization for keeping him in front of cameras. <laughs> like at at a point, at a point as an organization, you have to do clearly Jerry Krause is great at what he's doing. He's got you know, Michael Jordan. He got you. He got you, Scottie Pippen. Motherfuckers making money, ringing in chips. If if you can just keep Jerry out the fucking way, keep him out of his own way, especially on that later run, like the the second three peat. The fact that they started the last season on the premise of this is going to be Phil Jackson's last season. If your GM is saying that out loud to the press while you are two-time champions and the only gap between your last three championships was when your champion himself was mourning his father and swinging baseball bats. <laughs> Maybe tell that dude to shut the fuck up for the, hey, Jerry, nigga, chill, chill, chill. That shouldn't be. In a vacuum, you want to believe that given everything that's leading up to here, surely Jerry knows something that I don't know. I should I should just chill out. Chair's got the answer. But he didn't. Ooh, hold on, I just hurt my own feelings. He did. He did. And then it got injured. <laughs> he played the game just right and then he brought basically the rebirth with Derek Rose, that Joe Kim Noah, Luol Ding, the sickest. This team shouldn't be nearly this good, except that dude is really good. And no one is going to stop their big man from just elbowing people in the dick. I'm pretty sure Joe Kim Noah was just elbowing people. I don't know if he was actually playing defense or nothing, but pretty sure he was just elbowing people in the dick. But Derrick Rose put on a clinic on how you play point guard while also not being able to shoot a three ball to save your <laughs> fucking life. That was impressive. 
when's the last time you saw a point guard dominate like that and can't shoot a three to save his life? That's tough. The closest closest thing I can come up with off off top of my head would be uh, the Ben Simmons campaign, but he was a point forward. But so Westbrook, would... he he he's pulled the three in this year with the Rockets. But before that, he couldn't. Yeah, no, he he, yeah, no, he's he's not a he's not a three shooter. That's true. So I think Westbrook, John Wall. I'd have to look at his percentages. Maybe I'm. Uh, Underselling nah, him on the, the, the eye test will tell you the answer on John Wall. He probably wasn't. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think I think we hit most of our points. I think we're gonna, you know, most of our points being everything other than the actual two episodes from this week. But we hit on enough Bulls topics. Uh, I think we're going to pop on out of here, and we'll be back I have next week. So much faith in your ability to do the things that you're supposed to do. <laughs> I am going to edit the hell out of these things and hope that uh, we actually have enough footage from all of the disconnections. Polish I'm, my bullshit. Polish my bullshit. I'm, I'm going to send what? you an Ethernet cord and uh, hope that that helps. Uh, I'm also maybe going to use. Yeah, no, that's already connected. That's no, well, then so I'm going to have to try to use Kinsey's laptop and hope that uh, my gigabits of RAM can improve it. I don't know what the. The way is to improve this. I shut off everything else, and this computer uh, has done fine most of the other time. So I don't know the best game plan. But we're I'm curious to see which parts of the delay you'll see when you go to watch it, because there's some parts where I'm pretty sure I froze and you were still moving, and other parts where you froze and I was still moving. So it should be interesting. I'm gonna figure it out the best I can, and uh, you know. I believe in you. I, I was going to pull the cord on this uh, a long while ago, but I needed the extra time because for all I know, we talked for two hours, but we'd have 30 minutes of actual conversations. <laughs> and better safe than sorry, right? Yeah, got to go extra, even if it makes me have to do a little bit more work. But My favorite all- part is that you're going to have to listen to me say all of the sounds that I made earlier again. Yeah, I'm going to cheat the system. I'm going to go by the eyeball test on the the footage and see what works. Uh, That's all we're going to have for this episode of the Q Crew. Q, 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 Crew. We should be back next week to talk about the final two episodes of The Last Dance. Some Finally, the the debate everybody's been waiting for for us to talk about because everybody else does it all the time. We save our great points. We're going to talk about LeBron versus Jordan, the greatest of all time. We're the going greatest to, versus the goat. We're going to figure it out next week. So tune back in. That's all we have. Later, folks. Mm-hmm.